Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. It's uh, Thursday, July 27th. Welcome back to the Iron College Basketball Podcast. I got Matt Norlander here with me. We are both in Las Vegas, Nevada, though in different rooms, in different hotels. And we were both uh, at the Cashman Center late last night for a spectacle uh, unlike anything grassroots basketball had ever before produced. Just a wild scene, uh, total madhouse. LeVar Ball's big ballers, led, of course, by... His uh, youngest son, 15-year-old LaMelo Ball, uh, they were matched up against Zion Williamson's team from South Carolina, and the result was an overcapacity crowd. Fire Marshal called. Thousands of fans turned away, among them LeBron James, who was planning on attending, actually uh, you know, drove to the gym, was in the parking lot, but was subsequently encouraged by uh, Adidas officials to stay away because the scene was already a madhouse, and his presence would take it to another level. I've been attending July uh, events uh, for about 15 years now, and I have never seen anything close to what we saw last night. And the reason is simple. Uh, by all accounts, or at least by most accounts, uh, there's never been anything like it. Norlander, I will open it up to you. Uh, your thoughts first on uh, the big baller circus that invaded Las Vegas last night. Crazy, ridiculous scene. Um so it's for listeners that might not totally get what like what the scene is there's a place called the Cashman Center in Vegas and it's a massive complex facility there are seven basketball courts and then there's one court that's the main court and it can seat uh, Diaz reps told me last night it can seat approximately maybe also, a also a place called the Spearmint Rhino in Las Vegas yeah, lots, lo- lots of places called lots of things in Las Vegas. Among them, the Cashman Center. Go ahead. Okay, um, it can seat approximately fifteen hundred people, and the game last night was slated to start at nine o'clock local. If you were not at that court, court number five, by seven o'clock, maybe seven fifteen. There was one coach who got there maybe like an hour before, and it was too funny. Um, I'll tell you that in just a second. You basically had no seats. Uh, rows of people were starting to go six, seven, eight people deep. And although at one point, yeah, like it's all this crunch. And then I see like a wave of people part and then popping up out of nowhere is Jay Wright, who was actually recruiting the game before the Zion Williams and LaMelo ball game. But it was just so funny. Like of all the, of all the coaches to just <laughs> to ordain all these people to leave his, to, to just part the seas Jay Wright just pops out of a sea of people and just sits right down in the coaches section. It was just, it was too funny. Um, it, but it was, it was ridiculous, man. Uh, it got, geez, what we said, we said 800,000 total views on Facebook Live. This was clearly something that took over Wednesday night. And you had Damian Lillard, you had Jamal Murray, Thon Maker, Andrew Wiggins, all sitting courtside. Lonzo Ball, of course, was there to support his AAU alma mater and his younger brother. So that was wild. It just it seemed as though this was even bigger than Adidas could have possibly anticipated, even if they thought it was going to be a relatively big event. You were there when actually Lavars walked into the building, so you can speak more to that. But the the environment and atmosphere around the game was interesting. And I will say Lavar is the attraction and people come to kind of just see him and then now Lamello. 
But in pregame, all eyes were on Zion Williamson because he was basically putting on a dunk show. And after the game was over, people weren't going that much to see LaMelo Ball. They were, there must have been 100 kids that stormed the floor that wanted a piece of Zion Williamson. So this was the culmination of the two biggest well-known names and stars on the circuit in LaMelo, from a player standpoint, LaVar obviously uh, overshines both of them, but LaMelo and then Zion, and it was, uh, man, it was just wild, unlike anything I have ever seen. And then I talked with Mark Few, sat next to Mark Few during some of the game. Eventually he, had, he was like, I got it. I can't watch this anymore because the game wasn't that great. Uh, he said it was the, the only thing that compared, really, was the frenzy that surrounded LeBron James on the AAU circuit when he was doing that back in 01 or 02. I obviously can't speak to that. But even then, those ABCD camps and all that stuff, those were in smaller gyms. So you could make the argument that what we saw on Wednesday Night GP was the the biggest and wildest in-person scene ever at uh, a summer recruiting slash AAU type event. I believe that to be true because even – you know, LeBron James on the summer circuit at ABCD, um, you know, they didn't have to, best I can remember, like call in the local police to clear a crowd that was potentially dangerous. I mean, this was a this was something uh, on a completely other level. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, the world we live in now in 2017 and the the. Uh, you know the amount of social, the amount of uh, the role that social media plays in all of this. You know, uh, Lamelo Ball's got like, you know, in excess of two hundred thousand followers on Twitter and even more on Instagram. Um, I believe Zion Williamson's got a million Instagram followers. Lavar Ball is is a household name now. I mean, like my father is not a big sports fan. Like, you know, he'll sit down and watch the game with you, but he's not the type who's going to be able to break down the grizzly salary cap uh, situation or, um, you know, talk about the day-to-day doings of, of Major League Baseball or the NBA or, or even college basketball or, or whatever. Um, and he was over at the house on Sunday, and he was like, so what do you got going on this week? And I said, um, I'm flying to Vegas on Wednesday. And he, says, he obviously says, for what? And then I explain it, some AAU basketball stuff. And the, my, my dad said, is LeVar Ball going to be there? And I was like, that's just, you know, it just registered. So we'd be like, my, my dad is very aware of LeVar Ball. He's been on First Take. He's been on Monday Night Raw or whatever they call that now. So, I mean, we're talking about some people who um, are celebrities in, in, a, in, in a world that, that didn't exist when LeBron James was in high school or Kobe Bryant was in high school. So this was, this was different. And, and to your point about um, this was even bigger than Adidas officials anticipated. Even though they anticipated it being big, I mean, it's 100% true. And all you need to know is that um, they had to, in the middle of all this, actually like call the Las Vegas Police Department and say, please come help us. Because they couldn't get people out of the building. Folks were refusing to leave. So let's back up to the beginning. You picked me up at my hotel around 5 o'clock yesterday local time. And uh, the evaluation period begins at 5 o'clock. And we go straight to the Cashman Center. And we get over there and it's already... Like, uh, we were lucky to find a parking place. The only reason we got a parking place was because Darren Horn, Texas assistant, was leaving. We spotted him walking uh, to his car. He told us to follow him. He backed out. We pulled in. Shouts to Darren Horn. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry MF and Teagle. And this does all connect because guess who? Guess who coached at South Carolina? Darren Horn. When Devin Downey was a star. Why did we not bring that up to Darren Horn yesterday? But don't, get, don't let me get too sidetracked. So 
Um, when we walk in the building, it becomes pretty clear, that, okay, this is going to be a, a spectacle, right? And so uh, one of our editors, um, uh, Marcus Nelson, had suggested, hey, listen, you know, we don't usually care about the day-to-day um, developments at, you know, at summer basketball events, but uh, this LaMelo Ball, Zion Williamson, big baller situation seems like something that's going to be audience for so like we need to have something so i said i i'm going to write something no matter what so when we get there you go to the court and and, and there are many courts inside this gym but you, you so you're just sort of doing whatever you're doing i don't even know what you were doing and i went upstairs and found a table and a chair sort of isolated from the crowd and started working on um a column that's now posted at cbssports.com because I knew how I wanted to start it because I knew that the scene that I experienced two years ago where I first met LeVar Ball and Tina and their three sons, uh, Lonzo, uh, LiAngelo, and LaMelo, uh, I, I knew that the scene tonight was going to contrast greatly with that scene and if I could somehow, I didn't know how greatly, I didn't know this greatly, but I knew it was going to contrast and if I could sort of paint that picture and 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 then tell that story. I, I'd at least have the 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 basis for what I hoped would be a good column. So I go upstairs and start working on that. You know, sort of writing about how it was two years ago, almost to the day, literally in the same building, when I first met uh, the Ball family. They were called the Big Ballers, but there was no Big Baller brand. There was no five hundred dollar shoe. This was well before Lavar and Lonzo were one name celebrities like Kobe and Shaq and Dirk and Steph and LeBron, and I watched them play on a side court. Almost nobody else did. I uh, went and introduced myself after the game, talked to the entire family for like 45 minutes. Not one person interrupted. Not one person took a picture. There were no cameras around. Nobody asked for an autograph. And so I knew if I could say, and here we are two years later, and my God, how much have things changed? Then I've got this. So I'm working on that. Well, in the, in the process of working on that, what I've realized um, unintentionally is that my table and chair has been basically positioned by where uh, the coaches, when they get to the gym, have to check in their teams. Like, say, basically say, hey, we're here. Um, you know, we have to finalize our registration, whatever. And so I'm sitting there writing, and I suddenly hear, like, yelling and screaming. And, like, there's clearly a commotion right below me in the lobby. And so I get up to look down there. I don't know if it's a fight. Um, I don't know what's happening. Well, what's happening is LeVar Ball just walked in the building. And he is surrounded by cameras, a camera crew, and players and fans, everybody just trying to get a glimpse of him. It looked exactly like if you go on TMZ and click on any Justin Bieber video or any Kim Kardashian, Kanye West video or any video at the airport when it's just like at LAX when it's, you know, it's a celebrity somebody who sort of fits you know, what TMZ's audience is there for. So let's just focus on Justin Bieber. And you see him trying to walk somewhere, but there's just cameras all in front of him. He can barely move. That's what it looked like with LeVar Ball. And so he quickly gets to the staircase, which is blocked off. It's only for coaches. And he, he walks up the staircase, and people start trying to follow him. You know, they got their iPhones out and cameras out, and they're trying to follow him. Well, the Adidas official's like, no, 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 you can't come up here, you can't come up here. But then I meet this kid named uh, Dexter Schaus, and I, I, don't, I don't meet him until afterward, but I, I noticed him. He sort of snuck through, and his teammate, he's a kid from Indiana, he's like a top 150 kid in the class of 2019. So his teammate goes, yo, man, where are you going? And he looked right at him, and he said, I got to go see LeVar, G. And I was like, this is unbelievable. Like, there are people sneaking in the rooms just to see LeVar Ball. And so then to keep the big ballers, to keep this sort of frenzy in, in isolation, 
the Adidas officials, I don't know whether they suggested or whether LeVar just decided to do it on his own, but they stayed upstairs. And so I'm upstairs with LeVar, and I'm upstairs with LaMelo, and I'm talking to LeVar and, and, and just sort of catching up and, and, like just, and really just shutting up and letting him talk. Um, and LaMelo gets up at one point and like sort of walks to a point of the upstairs, it's not a balcony, but think of it like a balcony, where he can kind of be seen, his hair can be seen by the kids below, and they flip out and start trying to run up the stairs again to get pictures of him. Adidas officials have to shut that down. So then these kids start chanting, Melo, Melo, 15 year, this is for a 15-year-old kid. And so this goes on for a little while, and they stay upstairs, LeVar, LaMelo, all the big ballers. Meantime, underneath us on the first floor, you're experiencing what you talked about, which is a gym just filling up to an overcapacity level. And so it gets to the point where I text you and I'm like, yo, do, if I'm going to see this game with my own eyeballs, do I need to come down now? And you tell me yes. So I start to walk down, grab my computer bag, walk down. I get to the lobby and they have shut what amounts to a garage door separating the lobby from the gym. And they have locked, not, I don't know if they actually locked, but for all intents and purposes, locked the front doors to the lobby. And because there was, you know, 1,500 people outside trying to get in, there's no more room but the larger issue is that they do have people who have already paid to be in and they are standing in the lobby, but the police have showed up and said, you are over capacity. This is a fire hazard. Nobody else is walking in that gym. They literally closed a garage door. So like, try to picture this. There's thousands of people inside watching basketball games, thousands of people outside the building trying to get in to watch basketball games and a few hundred of us stuck in the lobby of the Cashman Center in between a garage door and glass doors, and I'm talking about Long Beach State's Dan Munson, uh, Nevada's Eric Musselman, St. Mary's Randy Bennett, and, and several other college coaches, plus just like people who were there. And the Adidas officials are trying to, to tell the people in the lobby, if you are not a college coach with the NCAA or with Adidas, you have got to get out of here. You are not leaving. But they won't leave because they're still hoping there's a chance they'll get in or they're arguing, we've already paid our money or I'm on a list somewhere. Nobody will leave. It took the cops showing up to get people to actually exit the lobby so that they would then open the garage door to let those of us who could actually be inside the gym get inside the gym. And so when they finally do that, I walk in and I can't get anywhere close to the court. I mean, it's over with. And there's a like a concession area in the back where they have tables for you to sit down and eat. Kids were taking the tables, then taking the chairs from those tables and putting them on top of the tables and standing on top of chairs on top of tables just to try to get a glimpse and this was still 30 minutes before the game tipped off. I mean, it was I, – I, I didn't see one second of the game with my actual eyeballs. I, I watched the big screen above the court. Like, a, it's not a jumbotron, but think of it that way. And then I watched a live stream on Facebook um, while I was working on the column. But, like, I, I, you couldn't get anywhere close. If you weren't there way early, you couldn't get anywhere close to the court. And, again, um, it was – you know, if coaches who have been doing this for 30 years say they never seen anything like it, and I personally have never seen anything like it. I'm just going to assume there's never been anything like it. And it just speaks to the like uh, monster that LeVar Ball has created. You can love him or hate him, but he has used uh, um, his mouth in the media to create something unlike we've ever seen on the summer circuit. And I know that's a, a long-winded explanation for what happened last night, but um, I do think it's important to try to you know paint the picture of what was going on because it was, it was really something to see. It was, and... I, I, you know, the game was the game. It was whatever. Uh, 
both teams aren't just not that good, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> right. The interesting with Zion, and I'm kind of I'm working on a, a longer story on this that I'll have uh, in the coming week or two, is that his his team is terrible, but he is terrific. And uh, the expectation among some coaches I spoke with was that they they should have wiped the floor with the big baller brand team. Didn't happen. Lamelo actually played relatively decently last night. Now he's got an interesting existence just in that you know yeah he's got he's only 15. He's got like more Instagram followers than like professional NFL baseball teams, all the stuff. It's kind of wild. And uh, and a lot of people love to hate him, but he was relatively reserved in his play for him last night, played relatively well. The game was was, was just whatever. Uh, people were waiting and dying to see Zion Williamson go Zion Williamson. And every single time he had a breakaway or a dunk opportunity, he either – he basically got fouled. They were taking hard swipes in his hand and at the ball. Finally, with one minute to go, I mean, the crowd, GP, that was the one thing that, like, you had to be sitting there to kind of see. Like, there was palpable buzz and palpable tension waiting for Zion just to have some sort of ridiculous dunk because he has one basically almost every single game. He had a decent one with 49 seconds to go. He finally got it. He flashed a big green at the free throw line because he did get fouled again as he did it. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting overall. And then Zion wasn't even made available to to talk afterward because again like the game ends and the the, the freaking teenagers they rush the floor like they want to get out. there there was a youtube star there i don't even know his name but at one point there's as many kids that are rushing over to see zion that are just kind of like partying on the court with this kid in a black hat and sunglasses and i go after like two minutes later i, I ask like one of these young teens i go who who's in the middle of this they tell me the name of the guy. I could not even tell you who it is. I don't even remember the name. I go, I don't I don't know who that is. He goes, YouTube star, man, YouTube. And I'm like, wow, I am so not with the culture these days. But then even after that, Zion signing iPhones, trying to get off the floor. People are still tracking him. He eventually goes over to this. There's not really like, there's not a locker room. So he goes over to this training area that kind of has a small cordoned off spot. There's still 30, 40 people waiting for him. And one of his people says, hey, listen, we shut it down. He's not even going to do any interviews at this point. It was it was bizarre. Fortunately, scooted back over to the other side of the Cashman Center, and LeVar Ball was taking photos with basically anyone that wanted to do it. That took, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes, and then walked and talked with him as he went to his van. There was It, it felt like a scene out of TMZ GP because it, it's me and, and our, our good buddy Jeff Borzello kind of walking and talking with him, interviewing him talking about LeBron being there. We leave the building. There's, I don't know, I want to say 25 to 30 people behind the building in like sort of an exit area, like waiting for him to leave almost. No, almost I'm like, not, yeah, no, that's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, and, so, and so we're there and like, there was a can like there was someone, there was his own camera crew because there was the BBB logo on the camera that was tracking us as well. Yeah, I mean they're doing some sort of reality show or documentary because yeah. they they actually like made me sign or they didn't make me. They asked me if I would and I said sure. Like sign document saying you can use me in your reality show documentary. Wow. I mean because yeah. I was like I was sitting upstairs with Lavar with Lavar for thirty minutes and they were filming us talking and so they were like you know but they did ask me to like sign the paper and they were asking basically. Uh, anybody who communicated with LeVar Ball in any sort of for any significant amount of time, like, will you sign this? You know, can't we? And so, uh, I mean, they, they've got some sort of big production going on for sure. Yeah, we'll see if it's uh, like you know a series that'll that'll run whether on television or I don't know a streaming service. I don't even know, uh, or if it's just like a 
a movie. But regardless of all that, that was just bizarre because it's it's at that point, GP, it's got to be almost an hour after the games ended. And yeah, we're just walking with him to his car and it felt TMZ ish. And this isn't done. I mean, we wanted we wanted to record this podcast because one, we wanted to get a podcast up. But uh, to the immediacy of this felt like it was worthy of discussion. And now there's going to be more. I mean, later on today, these, you know, the balls will be there. I'm interested to see what kind of crowd Zion draws. They're not going to play each other anymore. But um, I would think the Cashman Center is going to just be continually a buzz here for the next few days. Wonder if LeBron's going to try and come back. I'm guessing no, now that he knows the word is out that he went and got turned around. Although it would be something if he did wind up showing up. Because you're talking about a pa- the power of, of last night's event was that you had the fa- the modern face of Nike, the biggest basketball player in the world, really got to be one of the three most famous athletes in the world, coming to an Adidas event. That's something you don't often get. You have a lot of shoe company allegiance. Obviously, LeBron transcends all of that. I thought that kind of spoke to just how ridiculous last night's right. event was overall. Because when I... When I tweeted that I was told LeBron was supposed to be here but was encouraged to stay away, people were like, LeBron ain't going to no Adidas thing. Get out of here. You know, people were questioning that. But um, but it was true. LeBron was there. I mean, he was in the parking lot ready to come in, as you put uh, in your column that will be posted at some point at CBSSports.com. And, um, and, and, and we should be clear, it wasn't like he was turned away, like somebody said, you can't enter our building. It was like they went to him and said, listen, we are over capacity. We have closed a garage door. Uh, we, we've got a mob of people trying to get in. It is a, a, a madhouse inside. And you trying to come in with 10, 11, 12, 13 other people is just going to turn this to another level and we like we might not even be able to tip this game off because the local officials were threatening to not allow them to play this game if they didn't get the crowd under control. So it was just like, hey, uh, you know, we're just going to level with you. Like uh, we appreciate you being here, but like if you come in this building, it's just going to take it to another level and we we don't know if we can handle it. We don't have enough people here. And so, you know, he, I think, wisely didn't come in. But it's not like Adidas turned him away as much as Adidas officials said, we don't know if we can handle your presence given what, we've al- what we're already um, dealing with. And so, like, late last night after it was all over and I was wrapping up a column inside the what amounted to the hospitality room at the Cashman Center, like, the Adidas officials were literally sitting at a table next to me meeting with the Las Vegas Police Department planning for today. And they were saying, okay um, – we didn't know how much you know security we needed, but now I think they said you know we want at least eight officers here at all times, or at least at all times when when the big ballers are playing. I mean, it's like they were adjusting security plans based on Lavar Ball's presence. And I don't know if I said this earlier. I, I know I've written it. Um, I, I've I've watched LeBron James walk into an event in in July, and Kevin Durant, and Chris Paul, and Carmelo Anthony, and Anthony Davis. They have never caused the type of commotion that it caused when LeVar Ball walked in last night. I I know that might be difficult for people to grasp, but like LeVar Ball walking in was like a superstar walking in. And and it's just it was was just an amazing scene. Like I got some people on Twitter after I tweeted my column saying there's nothing about the game. Well, of course there's nothing about the game. Who cares about the game? I didn't even know what the score of the game was. I don't know how many points LaMelo had. I don't know how many points Zion Williamson had. The story's not the game. The story's the 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 the, the this night that LeVar Ball created and um 
it, it was it was just unbelievable from the moment he walked in to the to the moment he walked out. And um, you know, I, I saw some people on Twitter also. I mean, there was a lot of this last night. Oh man, but I I can't watch this, or I hate Levar Ball, or I can't stand Levar Ball, or I don't care about Levar Ball, or the game is terrible. This is the worst game. This is bad for basketball. This is ruining the game, killing it. First off, no no basketball game played in July has ever ruined basketball. Shut up. You sound stupid. Secondly, um, who cares if the game is the, – the, game, the game's a show, and that was an awesome show last night. And, and, and you can say you hate LeVar Ball and you don't care about LeVar Ball, but there's absolutely no evidence that that's true. Every time you write about him, people read about him. Every time he's on TV, people watch him and, and react. Every time he's on radio, people listen and, and react. And uh, roughly 800,000 people clicked on a live stream last night to watch uh, an, a grassroots basketball game, primarily because LeVar Ball was involved in the spectacle. And this was a basketball game that did not tip off until after midnight Eastern and ended at 1.54 a.m. Eastern. Like what? Like you don't care about LeVar Ball? Yeah, you do. You keep screaming it, but nobody believes you. Just bizarre, man. This is definitely going to be something that I feel like we'll be rehashing, discussing five, ten years from now because it's just so out of the. It's just beyond out of the ordinary. This is how this is how wild it is. The South Carolina coach is carrying around his sleeping son while coaching, and that's not even like the the craziest thing about the night. I know, and that's. I I I mean that 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 is grassroots basketball, and it was. The most I was like, this couldn't be even more AAU than it's already gotten, and that—that's the—that's uh, actually yeah, Zion Williamson's stepfather. Uh, more to come with that, and yeah, I mean, as we record this, I know that we'll still have plenty more things that transpire before this weekend's out. It is—it's—it's it's been really interesting 24 hours so far, and it feels as though this has been just an extension of a really buzzy summer worth of basketball obviously the majority of that is has to do with the nba um but even like the bagley situation that emanated out of peach jam was an unusual headline and now with summer league always you know finishing up and having a decent portion in las vegas and kind of just the energy there and the interest that's still there um and now that free agency has died down you really only have baseball going on at this point gp and many camps are starting up at the nfl but it felt as though last night this was sort of the biggest thing and then as we go forward, we'll see, you know, on Thursday, Friday, or into the weekend, what else uh, comes and, and if this still kind of has legs. I have a feeling that it will. And, by the way, as you said, LaMelo's only 15. He's in the class of 2019. Right. So we almost definitely will have another summer of this. Like, the live period will wrap up on Sunday at 5 o'clock. But LaMelo's going to play on the AU circuit next season as well. And I wonder um, – one, what kind of team they'll put around him if it'll be a better team than this one. If no, it, 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 it won't be because they don't care about that. Like, they just get the kids from Channel Hills, which I, I think has always been admirable. Like, LeVar, at any point, he gets painted all these different ways, but he is actually do, he does a lot of the stuff we say we want parents to do. Like, he never shopped his kids to basketball academies, shipped them off to play for the Compton Magic. He just got kids from the neighborhood and said, this is who we're going to play with, and we're not going to travel all around the country. That's a waste of time and money. We'll play in California, do the Adidas tournament in Vegas, and call it a summer. And so the team is never going to be good. With Lonzo's team, uh, big baller team wasn't good. It's just kids from the neighborhood. They don't recruit other players from all over the state to come play with them. It's just like 
the kids they've been playing with their whole lives, like continue to play. Like there's probably not another Division One player on the big ballers other than than Lamelo, and so the team is the team. But I, I think that's actually I can respect that because they've never tried to turn this into something other than what it was in the beginning. It's just all this media attention is now attached to it. But at the at its root. It was always supposed to be a team where three brothers, different ages, could play together with kids from the neighborhood. And that is still today what it is. I mean, he probably could at this point, you know, get real money attached to it, start recruiting all over the region, and put together the best summer basketball outfit in America or something close to it. But they don't have any interest in that. And he told me, he re, you know, reminded me of that again last night. Like, this is all fun for us. We're not trying to do anything other than have a good time. We got kids from the neighborhood. And uh, we're playing basketball, and, and we're trying to put on a show and entertain people. And, like, I, I can respect that. And it sort of falls in line with, and I think we've touched on this before, but, like, um, there, you know, anytime LeVar comes up, you get these wide range of opinions. They're usually intense. And one of them is always, this is the worst father in the world. And I'm like, by whose standards? Like, I have three sons just like LeVar. And if you told me my three sons would be like his three sons at their ages, forget basketball, just like thoughtful, um, good students who never have been in any sort of trouble, like I'll take it. Like, you know, in a world where we have too many absentee and uninvolved parents, uh, LeVar Ball is a guy who married his college sweetheart, is still married today, had three boys and dedicated his adult life to, to being a strong presence in their lives. He has turned them into um, good students great athletes they're all going to college for free none of them ever been in trouble and one of them's already a multimillionaire. like like that that's that should be father of the year stuff not worst sports father of all time stuff and i don't know why that gets lost with so many people uh i mean i know yeah. why it's because of his mouth but yeah. like either I mean, way we don't, we don't need to ask that yeah some of it's it's obvious but there is obviously underneath that yes there is certainly an element of that and he i think he has Kind of, he has that in his holster constantly, GP, because he also um, kind of hit on that as we were walking out of the building last night. Said, you know, I don't care about LeBron, I just care about my boys. LeBron's not the greatest player to me. The greatest player are my boys. Essentially, is what he said. Um, so, but yeah, listen, um, there's there's more to come this weekend. I, I got to figure there'll probably be enough here that we'll podcast again early next week for listeners that might want uh more of this or just a bigger picture of what's gone down in the weekend vegas is always fun always interesting but obviously last night was just i mean it was, it was just uh, just i can't fully explain to you how surreal it was to be at that event and sir i was warned i mean i was when you texted me i was kind of caught up in a in a conversation uh with with bill self and i, I saw your text probably 20 minutes after you sent it and I was like, uh, yeah, I got to get over there because I think you should probably go now. And this was two hours before it started. And at that point, it was still even bad. Like I had to aggressively flash my media badge just to get into the area, essentially, where the coaches sit. So um, I, I expect more of the same. Today's game is not at 9 o'clock. It's, it's many hours earlier, uh, 2.40 for, for the balls. So I, I, that's at the peak of the middle of the day. I wonder how insane it's going to be. Well, I'm already kind know, of uh, well, it, it's – you know, listening to the Adidas officials last night, they didn't think it'd be like last night because at two forty there are people who are still working. Last night, like if you, you everybody's most people are off work, so you're still like in the middle of a work day to day. That's that's an issue. Um, but but the, and 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 Lamelo is not playing against Zion. But 
I believe this is right. The big ballers play at 240, and Zion Williamson's team plays at 240 as well. So they'll be in the gym at the same time. They actually is, moved Zion's tip, and I wonder. They so this happened, I, I bet they yeah, moved it on purpose. Before we started recording. They were supposed to, but now, so exactly, but I think they moved it intentionally because yes. they want to maximize the attention on, on both those players. That makes uh, sense. Which is probably the right move. But again, like, I mean, geez, I'm going to have to get to a Zion court 90 minutes before he tips off. I, I think that's going to have to be the case. His coach carries around a baby while he's coaching Norlander. I, I, I know. I, I, it's it's – it's just so AU. I hope people understand what I'm saying. There is a man coaching a basketball game while carrying a sleeping child. It is the funniest thing I've ever seen. And so, like, and, and that wasn't even the biggest part of last night. In any other gym, in any other night, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Zion Williams' stepfather slash coach carrying around a baby while, while coaching a basketball game. Uh, but uh, uh, but I, that's like, I, I'm going back today. I, I want to see I want to see the 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 ball circus. I want to see Zion dunking somebody, and I want to see that little baby boy getting carried around by a basketball coach on the sideline in the middle of a game. I'm fired up. All right, but we'll see. We're uh, in separate hotel rooms now, but uh, obviously I'll see you in a in a little bit here, and more fun to come. Remember, you can subscribe to the Island College Basketball Podcast via iTunes. So please do that. Thank you all for listening, and uh, we will be back next week. Till then. Take care.